You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm honored to welcome in special guest Aaron Fado. If you follow survivingmypast.net, and why wouldn't you, right? You'll likely recognize her name. She has written four guest blog posts, all on the topics of dissociation and complex trauma as a result of childhood sexual abuse. Erin is a former professor of sociology and guest lecturer at the University of Wollongong in Sydney, Australia. Now retired, she continues to write and share her story to help inspire all survivors and those living with dissociative disorders to not give up and to keep fighting. You can find her on The Mighty and on her blog, youwillbearwitness.com. So, hey, Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? It's great to have you here. Thanks, Matt. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. You are um, a good friend of mine. You have uh, submitted a lot of amazing content on the topic of uh, dissociation, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, You have a lot of experience with it, and of course, I do as well. It's something that we're both passionate about. So why don't we jump right into it, and and for those who perhaps aren't familiar or maybe have heard a lot of different types of descriptions, why don't we start out and just have, have a little chat about exactly what dissociation is? Okay, well, dissociation is an entirely normal response to overwhelming trauma. It's a way of surviving something that is otherwise unbearably painful. You narrow down your consciousness, and it's a way of fading to join up the different strands of an experience, such as our actions, our memories, our feelings, our thoughts, our sensations and our perceptions. You detach from the normal world. You go away, you detach, you separate yourself from your everyday life. And, you know, for those who have experienced uh, dissociation, it can be something that's very frustrating. It can be something that's scary. It can be something that's intimidating, confusing, you know, all kinds of different ways to think about it, Um, you know, especially with uh, trauma survivors dissociating is something that, you know, happens quite often as a result of trauma. It can certainly happen, you know, obviously while the the uh, traumatic experiences are, are going on in real time. But of course, as you and I know, and as we will discuss further, dissociation also happens quite a bit. And on a regular basis, you know, well into adulthood, way past the time when the trauma has ended. Um, and, that's, and that's what's exactly is, 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 you know, can be so frustrating is, you know, you don't seem to have any control as to when it's going to happen and how far you're going to go into the future or the past or the present, right? That's right. And you become totally disconnected from your feelings. Uh, that's something that I had to learn a lot about, too, when I was first learning about dissociation, when I was trying to figure out what exactly it was. And, I've, and I couldn't figure out why I felt so disconnected, why I didn't seem like I was in control, why why I felt so often that I was looking at myself from you know, up in the air or from the outside looking in. And, and I felt really, just as you said, disconnected. Um, so for you in particular, when you experienced dissociation, 
do you tend to go into the past or the future a lot more in your experience? I usually go into the past. I go into my trauma. I was abused as a child and it takes me back to my past, back to the time of my trauma, um, which is very unfortunate. Um, I go back to the time um, I was abused for 14 years and I go back to a period of time during that 14 years. Um, And it might only last for five minutes, it might last for an hour. Um, But I go back to my past, which is a shame. Yeah, I go back to the past as well. I remember when I first started dissociating, I was going back to right in the middle of the trauma, you know, similar to what you were when mine happened between I was when I was five and 10. And, you know, when I would dissociate, I would very often go back to a particular event or a particular time period and relive that trauma. And I would just be stuck. I'd be almost having like a flashback and I, I would be dissociating in the middle of a flashback. It was, it was a horrible experience. And it's something that happened quite a bit. I definitely went back to my past a lot. Uh, when I when I dissociate, especially, you know, in the midst of the flashbacks and whatnot, um, I do kind of go into the future, though, sometimes. I mean, I do personally, um, not so much to like a particular event, but just kind of daydreaming and kind of being out there in the middle of nowhere and perhaps thinking about some type of future event or circumstance. And I might dissociate that way. But more often than not, from what I know and from the research and whatnot, that you know, quite often when somebody dissociates, they definitely go back into the past because, you know, when you were in the middle of being traumatized, your your brain was taking you away from that situation. So you weren't able to be fully present. So you were dissociating then. So Aaron, in your experience, how long does your dissociation tend to last for? Uh, you mentioned it was just a few minutes, but are there times when it'll last longer than that? Or is it always just around a couple of minutes? Yeah, it usually lasts for about five minutes, but there has been times when it can last for anything up to an hour. Um, It can happen in the middle of a conversation and it might only last for a few minutes. So I can be talking to somebody and suddenly I'll disassociate in the middle of that conversation Um, and they won't even be aware that I've disassociated. Um, And I'll just go drift off out of that conversation and they won't even be aware that I'm not listening. And then I come back and I join back into the conversation again. Um, But then there's times when I'll disassociate to the point where I won't remember for an hour at a time where I've done, what I've been doing, where I've been... And it can make something like driving quite dangerous because I can have driven somewhere and I won't even know how I've got there. Um, I can be doing something in the house and I won't know even know how I've managed to cook the dinner because I won't know at all how I managed to do it because I don't remember a single thing about how I did it. It's very discombobulating. I agree. It definitely is very very discombobulating. That's a great way to say it. And I know too, one of the more common ways that people dissociate is oftentimes, as you mentioned, while driving, you know, you're going along somewhere, you just kind of zone out. And before you know it, 10 miles has passed, 20 miles has passed, and you can't figure out where you've been or how you got there or what's transpired. And then you're kind of looking around wondering, wait a minute, am I okay? Is everything okay? And 
that's that, that's something that um, happens a lot. It does tend to be on like on the more common forms of uh, dissociation, but you're right. It can also be one of the more dangerous forms when you're not careful because when your mind wanders, especially when you're behind the wheel of a vehicle, you know, obviously bad things can happen. I know I've caught myself many times driving along, you know, mainly on like long trips and whatnot, driving along and just kind of zoning out. And then like I suddenly come back to reality and I'm like, where have I been? You know, what happened in the last 10 miles? So that's yeah. something that's very common. Um, I've written about that. Uh, you have written about that as well. And we're talking about it here. It's something that a lot of people experience and not just, you know, trauma victims, but people sometimes just zone out. And as I said, it's it, it's generally one of the more mild ones in the sense that it doesn't last very long. But of course, you have to be careful whenever you're driving or or doing anything to really try and stay on task. But oftentimes, you know, as you mentioned, we don't even realize that we're dissociating and we can't stop it. So that that can be very difficult and frustrating when it's at the point where it just takes over at the drop of a hat and you can't really do anything about it. And before you know it, you've just lost the last half an hour, hour, you know, as you said, you can't figure out um, what you made for dinner or where you were doing the last hour. So I know what exactly what you mean. I've been there. I've done that more times than I can ever care to imagine. And, uh, I can say for me personally now, it doesn't happen near as often as it used to, but it definitely does still happen. And, uh, you know, periodically when I, when I dissociate, um, and I, I still get flashbacks occasionally. So I end up dissociating in the middle of a flashback, as I said, and that just ends up lasting for a few minutes, but that's where it gets really, uh, tricky as well is, is trying to come out of that. So do you find that whenever you come out of a dissociative moment that, that, that you, kind of snap back into reality or do you kind of ease back into where you are or what? Cause I know for me, I kind of just sort of like snap back as quickly as I was gone. No, I ease back into it. It takes me a while to come back out of it. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, it, I'm left into a very foggy state. I suffer from flashbacks very badly mm-hmm. and they leave me in a very, um, confused state yeah. they really throw me because they I re-experience the trauma very badly and they really throw me back into the state that I was in when I was 10 11 16 whatever age I was whenever the re-experiencing was happening because mm-hmm. a flashback is not like having a memory it's like you really are going through what you went through when the abuse was happening to you. I think that's the distinction that people don't quite understand. And so you have to recover from that re-experiencing. So it takes me some time to recover from that. And um, that's the same with the disassociation. It takes me a while to recover from it. It's very, very common. Um, And I know for, you know, as I said, for me, I tend to snap back to reality, but then I'm left in a bit of a daze and kind of confusion for just a couple of minutes until I kind of get my bearings again. But as you mentioned, and as you know, um, I've talked to many people how when they, when they come back to reality from, from dissociating from a flashback, it definitely can take several minutes or, or, you know, quite a long time to really kind of regain your footing and, and realize that you're safe and that you're not reliving that trauma because, as you just mentioned, when you're in the middle of a flashback, when you're in the middle of um, dissociating in that type of circumstance, it feels just like you are reliving 
that trauma again. Even though that we know that we're adults and we're safe and it's not technically happening, our mind can can make us relive that like it's just happening right in real time again. And that's what's so scary and so frustrating is, you know, especially when you're really dealing with dissociation and flashbacks in a, in a, in, in a very deep way. Or if you're just new to healing from trauma and you're trying to figure out what all this means, going through that experience and reliving that can just is just unbelievably scary and frustrating. It certainly is. You've captured it very well there. So for you personally, how does um, dissociation impact your everyday life? You know, um, we talked about the driving and perhaps, uh, you know, when you're making dinner and whatnot. But what other ways does it, does it affect you in your daily life at work or in your hobbies or in your family life? Well, unfortunately, I've been medically retired from work. I'm unable to work anymore. Um, the dissociation became so bad and the flashbacks became so bad that it was not possible to continue working. Um, the last five years have been very bad for that for both those conditions. Because I also suffer from disassociative identity disorder and um, having a condition like that makes it very difficult to work because of the unpredictability of when the switching might happen. So so it's had an enormous impact on my life. Um, I can't drive again because of the unpredictability of when the disassociation might happen, um, which is you know, go 30 years as a driver and be totally independent to go to having to retire on my husband, drive me everywhere because we live out in the middle of the country. So there's no public transport. It's um, not very good for your self-esteem to um, suddenly become reliant on everybody to drive you everywhere. How you doing, my friend? This is Matt, your host right here on Beyond Your Past, a podcast all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. If you enjoy these shows, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I would so appreciate it. Feel free also to contact me anytime. You can do so via my website, beyondyourpast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And now let's get back to the show. It can be devastating to your to your self-esteem when you go from being independent to your working, <clears throat> excuse me, to, you know, you're out doing your daily life. And then all of a sudden it's all kind of taken away from you and you realize that things have changed. And that's obviously a big impact on, on your life, on your uh, emotional well-being. And uh, you mentioned that you also live with DID, which of course is um, dissociative identity disorder. If you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a little bit about your experience with that, because I know I have a lot of listeners. Um, I've written some articles. I have some very good close colleagues and friends who also live with DID. So maybe share a little bit about that. Um, if you like, in terms of, you know, how that um, affects your life as well. Right. Well, I have um, I have DID, as you've mentioned. I have five alters and I switch totally unpredictably. Um, two of them are quite dangerous alters and cause me self-harm and suicidality. The other three are benign alters and they're children and stem from my time of myself uh, when I was abused. But the other two alters are very dangerous and they make life very difficult to manage. And I do EMDR therapy and 
we managed to keep them in check through EMDR therapy, which is eye desensitization reprocessing for those who haven't heard of EMDR. It's a very effective therapy for DID. That's an excellent point. Uh, I have a friend and a colleague who does uh, EMDR, not not specifically for DID, but for other uh, past trauma. And so um, you mentioned that EMDR is really, really helping with your uh, keeping the alters in check. Um, did you find that other types of therapy or or medications just really weren't doing the trick? Yeah, no other forms of therapy. I tried cognitive behavior therapy. I tried DBT. And nothing else was working. I'm on a regime of medications that help with mood disorder. I am I obviously suffer from complex PTSD. Um, and I'm on medications for those which help, but they none of them help the DID. Um, and my psychotherapist suggested EMDR, and we gave it a shot. And lo and behold, we found that the alters came out during EMDR and would talk to her. Um, and the whole point with DID is you try and get the alters to operate as one entire unit instead of separate alters. So the objective is to get them all to come together and work as one entire person. And that's the objective of what she's trying to do with the MDR. And it's really good that the alters will come out and will speak to her. Um, so we're making great progress under EMDR in working towards the alters coming together as a whole person and working as one unit. I'm curious, how many sessions of EMDR did you did you do before you really started to see this progress being made? I mean, what, what, was it like the first couple and you started to realize it was working? Or did it take a while for this to really start happening and you to realize that, that this was the really the right way to go for you? Uh, I've been having EMDR for my complex PTSD. And we stumbled upon it. So I'd say it was probably 15 sessions that we kind of stumbled upon it and realized it was working. But it was, and it was really the under psychotherapy that the DID got diagnosed. Initially, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, And then we realized it wasn't borderline personality disorder. It was actually dissociated identity disorder. And that's when we started to make real progress once we got the correct diagnosis. Often the two are misdiagnosed. Boy, you are so right. I've heard that so many times that oftentimes um, borderlines are misdiagnosed as DID or vice versa. And then you realize that when you finally find the right therapist and the right treatment and you realize exactly what's going on. And in your case, it's just so great that this is able to work for you. And then EMDR is so helpful. And I know of all the people that I have talked to that use DMDR, I've, I don't think I've heard anyone who, who has anything bad to say about it or, or anyone who has mentioned that, that, that it didn't work in at least some way. So it's incredibly helpful. And I'll put some links in the show notes and in the blog post to EMDR um, information for those who are considering it because it's incredibly helpful, as you mentioned, uh, for DID, for trauma recovery, 
just for so many things. And, um, you know, obviously it's important to find the right therapist to be able to administer it. But man, when you can, as Aaron is, is attesting, it's incredibly helpful in keeping, um, you know, the alters in check and keeping them all uh, working in unison and being able to work through that. One last question for you, Aaron, before I let you go. So you mentioned doing the EMDR and the psychotherapy. Is there any other treatments that you do, solutions that you find helpful, perhaps art therapy or music or uh, pretty much anything else that you uh, can recommend um, or speak to in terms of how it's helped you at all? Um, I also use grounding techniques, which is naming objects in the room. I find that helps a lot as well. You know, naming objects in the room. um, I felt that useful for bringing me back to reality. Um, I also avoid triggers. My triggers are nicotine and alcohol because I was brought up in a hotel because I was kept in a room in, in the hotel where my parents lived when I was a child. Um, so there was obviously a lot of nicotine and alcohol smells around. So they're real triggers for me. So they're, I avoid anywhere where there's nicotine and alcohol because they're triggers and they trigger me into disassociation and into flashbacks. So I avoid anywhere where there's nicotine and alcohol. Um, I also tend to stay away from crowds. I find them triggering as well. So I manage my triggers quite well by managing those triggers. It's a great point, and that is to be mindful of your triggers and the situations that can be very uh, disconcerting and can be very uh, scary and things that can tend to bring up memories. Um, you know, as, as you said, for you, it's alcohol, it's nicotine, it's crowds. Um, so definitely being aware of what your triggers are and situations that 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 could make you uncomfortable or that could potentially bring out an alter that, you know, is not um, healthy and one that is um, you know harmful, as you mentioned, as two of yours are. So being aware and avoiding those situations as much as possible and also using grounding skills. You mentioned counting objects on the room, counting objects on the wall. Uh, these are these are different types of grounding techniques feeling your feet on the floor, tapping your hands on a chair, uh, counting the yeah. ceiling tiles, anything that you can do to keep yourself grounded and present can go a really long way, but really just kind of keep you uh, fully present in any situation. It, it's a great uh, reminder for everyone that when you feel yourself dissociating or, or you feel yourself in an uncomfortable situation, just focus on something other than what's uncomfortable, you know, and doing any of those types of things, doing mindful breathing, anything can really help. No, you're absolutely right, using breathing technique and mindfulness. I think also working with your therapist in a partnership is a huge benefit. Having that partnership is very important. It absolutely is right. Having a partnership um, and a good, healthy relationship with, with your therapist or your helping professional is extremely key and you know something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So I encourage everyone in your in your life as you are uh, working through uh, perhaps triggers and your past trauma to always make sure that the therapist you're working with or the helping professional is someone you can trust, someone who's knowledgeable, someone who understands your particular situation. Um, because you know if, if you don't have trust and you can't develop a rapport with 
with your helping professional, you're not going to get the results that you need and it's just going to be a waste of time. So that's a great, great point. Last thing here, uh, before we wrap it up, Aaron, do you have any last words of advice, encouragement, or uh, information that you'd like to share with everyone who struggles with, with, with dissociation or DID or trying to find a therapist? Well, I think the thing to remember is that it is manageable and progress can be made and not to give up. They're the main things I would have to say. Absolutely. Those are those are two big ones that you mentioned is, you know, progress can be made and it is manageable. It's not a life sentence of of always living in in, in flashbacks and, and in um, dissociated moments and always having to be questioning when when an altar is going to come out or any, anything of that nature. There is hope. Um, it just takes time, as you mentioned, to find the right technique. And oftentimes you go through a lot of different therapists, a lot of different techniques till you find something. But the important key is to not give up. I think that's something we can leave everybody with and something that we um, as advocates can really always try and drive home, not only for our clients and for listeners, and but also for ourselves is that everybody needs to hang on to hope and everybody needs to understand and embrace the the mindset that, um, you know, no matter what you're suffering with, there's always healing and, and there's always hope available and you have to you have to keep trying and you can never give up. So I'm going to leave everyone with that. Thank you, Aaron, so much for joining me. I appreciate it, my friend. It's been an amazing podcast. It's a pleasure. Great to talk to you, Matt. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.